Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to The Big Picture. I'm your host, Larry Raglan, and I am so pumped. You don't even know how excited I am about this program because one of the greatest men that I've ever known in my life is going to be our guest. And he's not just a guest. He is my bishop, y'all. He is my pastor. He's my father. He's my bishop. And y'all know him, you know, as the one that was uh, tra trailblazing all over this country with praise and worship music back in the 90s. But now he's a pastor. Now he's a bishop. And now he's got his own group called southbound that is also shifting the world again right after this our guest at the big picture is none other than clint brown right after this oh yeah his music has shaped the world his understanding of worship has touched millions of lives. Nobody, nobody can shift a room like this man when it comes to worship. But what you know, I'm gonna tell you what, you know, don't don't sleep on the preaching part of this man, y'all, because as powerful as a worship singer and as powerful as a songwriter and the leader of his brand new group called Southbound, this is one of the greatest preachers that's ever walked this planet. But y'all know him as Bishop Clint Brown and all this. I know him as my daddy, my spiritual father. Put your hands together and welcome into the big picture none other than Bishop Clint Brown. All right. The crowd is going wild. Oh, they, <laughs> they can't believe it. They can't believe it. We got the bishop in the house. Look here. Look here. Like father, like yes, son. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm representing, brother. Yes, well, how sir. you doing, Bishop? How you doing down there in, in the big city of Orlando, Florida? Man, it's cold in what? Orlando. It's 50, 55 degrees with wind oh, blowing. Oh, my Lord. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> 55 is cold. Come on, man. That is not man, cold. we're freezing. It's, you know, especially especially people up, in, up north like in Michigan and all that, they are really laughing at you right now, Bishop. Yeah, they are. You know, Bishop, this is, this, you know, I just want to tell you, first of all, how much, I, how thankful I am for you. Uh, you know, you know, and I've told you this many times, but for our viewers, I want to just remind you guys that Bishop Clint Brown, and at that time, his pastor, Pastor uh, Rod Parsley, were two of the most influential voices that's ever been in my life. And uh, your music, and now your preaching and your ministry has absolutely changed everything for me. I, I can tell you, that I can look back over my life, sir, and I can see God's hand on my life. I can see his favor on my life. But my wife will tell you, and, and people that know me will tell you, it all shifted when I got up under the apostolic covering of you, Bishop. So I want you to know that for those that may not know the true Clint Brown, I want everybody on here to know, and you're going to hear from him tonight. You're going to hear this side of Clint Brown. Uh, you are at your core a worshiper, a psalmist, a songwriter, but you're a preacher of the gospel. And, and that time I came to your conference and met you uh, several years ago, everything changed for me, Bishop. And I just want you to know, I want to say it publicly right here on the big picture, that I, I really believe I'm where I'm at in my life because of my connection with you. Well, I appreciate that. And that works both ways there, uh, Bishop. Um, you know, uh, God never leads you to someone's life just to take something out of it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and what you have deposited in my life has been, uh, I, I can't explain it as well. It's been a tremendous blessing. Uh, you have been, I can honestly say, and I can't say this about e everybody I've met, uh, obviously, you have been an increase in my wow. life. Wow. And, uh, and 
I, I thank God for it every day. Pray for you every day too. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Bishop. Yeah, I mean, that just that's that's overwhelming. I'm humbled by those words because I mean your words mean everything to me. And uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this this man, he is he's about thirty five years old, something like that. You know, he's he's right. he's he's been in the ministry for since he's five years old. So, uh, but, but, you know, actually, actually, Bishop, my next birthday, I'll be 60 and I'll, will have been in the full-time ministry 40 years. So my next birthday is 60, 40. What? Wow. That is amazing. That's listen, that that's just, and that's where I want to talk about it right now, because where I want to shift to, because, you know, Bishop, when people get to our age and, and around where we're at, they're thinking about winding down, you know, they're thinking about slowing down. But when I look at you, it seems like you're busier than you were when you were in your thirties, you know? So, so in the middle of this pandemic, it's just amazing that, you know, here, you know, everything's shut down, everybody's at home and, and I start seeing you on, on Facebook live and different things like that. And you're sitting at a piano playing and you start singing some of the songs we all grew up singing songs. We grew up singing. And next thing I know, you've got, you know, different people coming in and that, where did, where did that go, and how did that become Southbound? Well, uh, the first one we did uh, entitled Songs I Grew Up Singing was in, uh, Jody Brazelton, was, he's from Georgia, was visiting Seth Elby, who is my worship leader, and they came over because I've known uh, Jody for many, many years. He's been to a lot of my music conferences. He's a worship leader as well, and, uh, and they came over to my house, and when they did, we were sitting around and I said, hey, let's get on Facebook Live since it's COVID, you know, and a lot of people are still shut in. Let's let's sing some old songs that we grew up singing. And that's what we titled it. And uh, that that one video uh, got over 200,000 views. Wow. And uh, and out of that, uh, record companies contacted me and asked me if we were a group. And I said, uh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> but we were not a group at the time, but, uh, God opened the door and we walked through it. Uh, in fact, we just did a, we just did a songs I grew up singing, uh, uh, about 24 hours ago. And we're already at 20,000 views of just wow. that, just sitting around the piano. And here we are years later, still doing those. And I've done them with Lanny Wolf. I've done them with Jaron Davis. I've done them with Kim Pothier Jones. I've done. I, I mean, you know, I've done them with a lot of different Ron Canoli. Yes. Uh, and uh, and we've gotten now over two million views of songs I grew up singing, which has birthed. Uh, I'm happy to say, uh, an entire series of those songs are getting ready to come out on on series of albums. And so uh, wow. we're we're excited about it. And of course, Southbound has been blessed through that. And uh, our our debut album, Southbound's debut album, we are since charting has begun in 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 the uh, in that industry and in that genre. We are the first Southern gospel group to have the first three singles off of their very first album go into the top ten. The first three singles. The first and, uh, one that's ever happened. Yeah, we're the wow. first ones. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's been, it's been a blessing. I mean, and, and we're going into our, our sophomore album, which you've heard a lot of the songs off of that I've sent to you. And I think it's next level. Oh, oh, it's next level. Head and shoulders higher than the first album. Absolutely. And 
we don't, God only knows what's going to come out of that, but we're very blessed. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's got me running the roads again and, and I'm okay with that, you know, and, uh, because God has really blessed me with a great staff and a, a tremendous wife who has stepped in and, and yes. taken a lot of the administrative role, executive pastor role, uh, it, it affords me the time to do that. So we're yes. loving it. Man, that's awesome. And of course, you got a Christmas album coming out at the time of this recording. Uh, in fact, some of the first singles available now. So you know, right. where, anywhere you get your music, you can go listen to it. Now, you may be listening to this during the summer because this goes on forever. But it's yeah. out there. You'll always be able to get a hold of it. But as we said at the beginning, uh, Bishop, this is at the time of this recording, the week of Thanksgiving. And, you right. know, you, you talk about people here, people talk about it. Preachers will talk about it, the original Thanksgiving and all this. So, you know, we we sort of beat that thing to death, you know, about yeah. about the, the pilgrims and, and the, when they Mayflower and all that kind of thing. I don't really want to talk about that. I want to make a show, Bishop, where we understand what Thanksgiving really is, because Thanksgiving is not a holiday. Thanksgiving is something that God said we enter into his gates with. And, and right. so, so this gives us access. Thanksgiving gives us access. But I want to say one quick thing about this week of Thanksgiving. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. We got to make sure that we don't let the enemy take this because this is the only holiday left of all the holidays that has that's not tied to any kind of pagan rituals. It's not tied to. It's not. They've not been able to successfully commercialize it. It is one day and one week, honestly. But it is that one day that's set aside that. The world, the secular world, don't want to talk about it because it's about giving thanks to God. And that's, that's all right. it's about. That's all it's about. So, Bishop, I, you know, I had you on here at this time because I thought there's nobody that's better to talk about Thanksgiving because I believe some people are going to tune in right now. And they may be at a place where they're like, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm at the worst time of my life. I've lost my job. Yep. I've lost my family. I've lost. I, I don't understand how you can tell me that I can be thankful. So, Bishop, take us on a journey in this program of what Thanksgiving really is. Well, first of all, Bishop, you, you hit on something that's extremely important. Uh, we have the, there's a danger in calling things seasons. Mm. It's, there's a danger. And we call this from, from October the 31st all the way to January the 1st, we call it the holiday season. Anything you brand as a season means it's temporary. It's, it's not ongoing. And so when you call Thanksgiving a season, you have just damaged the fact that it's exactly what you said. It's something that is, mm. is to go on every day of our lives. Yes. And, and so we need to learn that Thanksgiving, although we celebrate it in November every year, it's not a season. It's a daily, it's a, it's a part of our lives daily. And when we learn how to be thankful, I think it unlocks a lot of things. You know, when I was thinking about Thanksgiving, I began to think about, and I'm going to tell you how crazy this is. My mind went straight to Jonah when I started thinking about Thanksgiving. And people are, man, Jonah, oh my God. Yeah, uh, you know, the thing about Jonah is the Bible says that God spoke to Jonah to go to Nineveh. 
when he told Jonah to go to Nineveh, of course, Jonah didn't want to go. He thought it was a dangerous place for those that uh, represented the Israel culture and the Jewish culture. So he was afraid to go to Nineveh. We know the story. He goes down to the dock. He gets on the boat, goes down to the bottom of the boat. Storm rises up. And before you know it, uh, Jonah has convinced all of those that are on the ship that they will die unless they throw him overboard. Mm -hmm. The thing that strikes me there is, is Jonah, every step of the way you, you see in Jonah's life, he fails to take personal responsibility for what he's doing. He knows the storm is because of him, yet he still would rather have others throw him over than him jump over himself. Wow. Because then I've got somebody to blame. And so, you know, a lot of us don't realize that we complain about things that are, and I, and I said this, I've, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. 99% of my issues in my life, I can find where they begin just by looking in a mirror. What? It is, it is my responsibility, my choices, That's the fine. decisions that I've made. And, and you know, nobody uh, wants to uh, take, take, uh, take ownership of that. You know, and so Jonah goes down to the bottom of the sea, the Bible says, and, and a whale swallows him and, and he's lodged in the belly of that whale. Mm. Now, let me tell you what he did. The Bible says he began to cry out to God in Jonah chapter two. When he did, he began to list the things that he was dealing with in the belly of that whale. He began to complain about the darkness of the belly of that whale. He complained about the conditions, the weeds, the seaweeds that wrapped around his head. He complained about uh, the bars of life that had held, that are now holding him prisoner and hostage forever. He talked about his soul going down to the depths of the sea and losing hope and not thinking that there's ever going to be another day where he can rise above it. He is complaining. And can I say this real quick, Bishop? Yes, sir. You asked me a question and I'm going to say it. You asked me a question. You said, there's a lot of people out there that are saying, what do I have to be thankful for? Mm. I'm going to say this. And if you don't remember anything I say today, you do not forget what I'm getting ready to say. Listen to me now. What you are complaining about tonight, someone is praying for. What? Listen, listen what to that. You, what you are complaining about right now, somebody's praying for, wow. uh, you know, I can't believe, you know, uh, I, I've got to do all these repairs on my house. Someone's homeless. I can't believe, uh, you know, uh, my, my, I've got a hoopty for a car and it, and it barely runs. Somebody don't even have a car. They're walking everywhere my they God. go. I can't believe, you know, everything you complain about, somebody is praying, praying. to have. My God. Wow. And we've got to learn how to be thankful. I'll tell you one of the problems, Bishop, is that it's it's indelibly printed in our minds as children how we are to be thankful, and it's dangerous. Watch this. We teach our kids, and you'll remember this. It was done to you, and you probably did it to your kids. I did it to my kids. When someone would give my children something, I would stop and say, what do you say? You say. Yep. Yeah, so in other words, we're trained from a child that the only time we say thank you is after we get something, That's after we receive something. 
And we've got to learn that there are many things that we don't recognize that are gifts every day that we don't thank God for, like waking up, <laughs> like the ability to see, yeah, like the ability to hear, like the ability to walk, like the ability to talk, to understand, the ability to think, to make a decision. There are people on this planet that cannot do a lot of those things. Yes. And so you can't wait till something's given to you that's visible for you to be thankful. You have to learn how to thank God for, like Bill Gaither said, the unseen hand in your life. Wow. wow. And so watch this. Jonah complains to God. And watch what Jonah says in chapter two. He says, and I know, he says this to God. He says, I know you hear me. I know you can hear what I'm saying. The reason Jonah reiterates that is because God, listen carefully, from verse 1 to verse 9 in Jonah chapter 2, he's in the belly of that whale, complaining about the seaweed, complaining about the depth that he's dropped to, that he's at the bottom of life, all those things. God never says a word. Huh. For nine verses, God doesn't say a thing. And Jonah says, I know you hear me. And let me tell you something. I don't want God to just hear me. I want God to respond to me. My God. I want to, I want to get God activated in my life not just acclimated with my life. Wow. Did you hear that, Bishop? Oh, that's good. That's good. I want him activated, not just acclimated. I don't want him just knowing about things. No, sir. No, I sir. want him involved in things. Yes. And Jonah complains all of that time. Now, here's the ticket. We don't know how long that was. We know he was in the belly for three days. Yeah, yeah. But... But we don't know how long that complaining went. It might have went for the whole three days. Obviously, it did. Because watch this, Bishop. In verse 10, God speaks because at the end of verse 9, Jonah says, I've complained for nine <laughs> verses. Come on. And you've not said a word. Not said a word. But Jonah says in the end of verse 9, I will. I feel like preaching now. Ooh, I will on. offer up the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Hey, what? Where are you, Jonah? In the belly of a whale? Yeah. Where are you, Jonah? In the dark? Where are you, Jonah? Hopeless? Where are you, Jonah? A prisoner? Where are you, Jonah? Out of everybody's sight? Can't be seen in the depths of the sea? But I've decided that right here. Why? Because watch this. If you're not dead, God's not finished. Hey! If you're not dead, God's not done. Y'all need to listen. And Jonah started thanking God. Yeah. Huh. Woo! Jonah started lifting up the name of Jesus. And the Bible says mm. in the 10th verse, now this is what I love. Come on, preacher. When we start giving God thanks, 
when we thank someone, we expect them to talk to us. Right. You're right. You know, I'd, hey, I said thank you. Yeah, yeah. You could say. You're welcome. You're welcome. Right? Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. Not God. The minute, watch this now. The mm. minute Jonah started giving God thanks, God didn't start talking to Jonah. He started talking to what had Jonah captive. He started talking. He started to the fish. talking. He start. He didn't talk to the to to the person. He talked to the problem. The problem. Oh my God. Oh. My God Lord. starts talking to the whale. Jesus. You with me? Oh, I'm with you. He starts talking to the whale. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you something. Sometimes in my greatest need, in my greatest times of frustration, my in my greatest times of disappointment. I blame everything else. You know, no single raindrop ever believes it's responsible for the flood. <laughs> My God, that, that's deep, brother. Woo! None. Never, never, but, never. But it don't realize, watch, if this, let me break it down. If you're not the problem, at least admit you're part of it. Wow. Wow. You're part of it. You're part of it. Yeah. Wow. So the only person that can ever complain about their wife was Adam because he didn't choose her. But after that, you can't blame God for that. You chose your wife. My you God. chose your husband. That's you chose right. your friends. You yes. chose that business partner. You chose that, 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 uh, that occupation. Mm -hmm. You chose, don't get all upset about things that are controlled by you. My God. Learn how to start giving God praise. Learn how to start lifting him up. And the minute you do, Bishop, that's when God starts talking to your trouble. Well, let, let me tell you what I think I, right now, Bishop. You, you have such an understanding of thanksgiving because you have an understanding of praise. And, yeah. and in Psalms, it says those two go hand in hand. Am I correct in Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. So, so you can't really praise God without thanksgiving. Am I right? You can't. Not if you're carrying them both in your pocket. Come on. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise, which means in one pocket I got thanks and the other pocket I got praise. I can't go through life without having them both at the same time. So so when Jonah's in that belly of that well, that's so powerful. Yeah. When he finally stopped, decided to give thanks unto God, Yes. You are saying that moment of thanksgiving unleashed and released the hand, the voice, the movement of God to bypass him yeah. and go straight to his problem. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, are you getting this word? That's what I'm trying to say to you on Thanksgiving week. And it's more than a week. It is literally a, a, a key. It's yeah. almost like a key that unlocks Woo. the hand of God. Oh, to, I love that. It's to, a key. To, it's a key. It's almost yeah. like a key that unlocks a, a level of God's involvement. I love what you said, his involvement in our lives into the very thing. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. The very thing that's trying to lock me up is the thing that I'm trying to find a key to get me out of that fish, to get me out of that problem when yeah. I already got the key. Yeah. Yeah, you want me to tell you about a key? 
Come on. Watch this. They take Paul and Silas and put them in a prison. They chain their hands and their feet so they can't reach keys with their hands. Right. So Silas looks over to Paul and says, how are we going to unlock this? He how said, I've got the key in my mouth. Woo! He said, we're going to spit it out. We're going to shout it out. Yeah. We're going to sing it out. Yeah. Your key is right there in your mouth. My it's God. so powerful. Mm. Watch this. Jonah said, I'm in the dark, out of sight. You with me? Yes, sir. He said, darkness has surrounded me. How did God break? What was the key that mm. broke the darkness in Genesis 1? Come on. God said. Mm. Yes, sir. Listen, and you know, you know, this, this is what you do to me, Bishop. When I'm with you, there's so much revelation in you. When I'm talking to you, it's just like download, download. It just yeah. hit me. It just hit me. God lives in a kingdom. He lives, yeah. he sits on the throne and there, there are gates in heaven. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost that, 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 that open up that the Bible tells us we will walk through those gates to enter into heaven. That's but right. Those, those gates, gates are locked to those that are not in the kingdom. But he says we can enter into the gates. Well, how did we get in? How in the world did we get access? We got to have a key. So the only way we get into the place where God is in the kingdom, you got to go through the gate. And the only way you can go through the gate is you got to go through Thanksgiving. Come on. Oh, my Lord. And then when you get in there, you got praise when you enter into his courts because I got them both in my pocket. That's right. That's right. You've got the only weapon you need to get out. Of anything, of anything. If, if you're in a prison, just open up your mouth and, the, and you got the key. If you're in yeah. the belly of a well and, and the acid is eating you away and you're dying. You know, some people even believe, some theologians even believe when Jesus said, just as Jonah was in the belly of the well, so shall the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth. Some people believe that he actually died while he was in there and that he was resurrected, then spit out. Who knows? But three days in stomach but acid of a belly well is pretty bad. Let me ask you a question, Bishop. Can I do this to help your viewers? Please. Because you're going to answer it. All right? Yes, sir. How many days was Jonah in the well? Well, the Bible, I think it says three. Yes, sir. Three, three. days and nights, right? Yes. The moment Jonah gave thanks, mm. the next verse, Jonah 2.10, Jonah 2.9, he gave thanks. Jonah 2.10, God tells the well, let him go. Let him go. Right? You know what that tells me? Uh -oh. Why'd you wait three days? Are y'all listening to this? Why? Watch this, Bishop. Because you're saying, I don't want to stop you, but I think where you're going is if he'd have done it at day one, it wouldn't have been in there three days. Hello? Watch. Can can your can your listeners type? Yes. Oh, yeah. Can, absolutely. They can comment I below. They can comment below. I want every person watching this to comment and and type this in. You ready? Come on with it. What I do now determines what God will do next. Wow. What I I'm gonna say it again. What I do now will determine what God will do next. 
Type right. that in the live chat. Type that in the comments below if you're watching the review, the, the, the replay, because I know why you're telling them to type that, because you're taking it out of a realm of something that you're hearing it, and you're putting it personally into your life, and it becomes real. Absolutely. Watch this. You want me to tell you how powerful that is? Come on. What did Paul say about, about, uh, about Thanksgiving? Now thanks be unto God, God. which what mm. always causes, causes us to, to triumph. Yes, am sir. I right? Yes, sir. Now watch, watch. Paul did not say God caused me to triumph. Mm. He said, now thanks that is unto God wow. causes me to triumph. My now thanks. Hey, Jonah, why are you waiting? Do it now. Wow. Because your now thanks is going to cause you to triumph. Wow. Learn how to thank him now. How do I do it? When you realize what you've been complaining about, others have been praying for. Jesus. Jesus. When you realize that life is is bigger than what you can see in the present. Mm. God has a purpose for everything under the sun. My God. And let me tell you something. From Jonah chapter 2, in the entire chapter, Bishop, God never talks to Jonah. Mm. Never. Jonah talks to God and complains the whole time. Well, let me tell you something. This might hurt somebody's feelings. Say it. If God was moved based on problems, he'd have healed more than just the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. Because the Bible said there were lame, withered, blind, halt, all laying there wanting to be healed. If God was motivated by problems, why didn't he heal everybody at the pool? Jesus. He's not. He's not motivated because you have a problem. In fact, Jonah, God allows you to have a problem so that you can bring praise. He can watch you praise him in the midst of it. Wow. And watch this. The third chapter of Jonah. Here we go. Verse one. After Jonah gave God thanks and God told the whale, let him go. The next verse says, and God spoke Woo. to Jonah a second time. My God. You want to know when God's going to start talking to you again? When he hears more than just a complaint out of you. Jesus. What? You want him to start telling you what to do again? You better start telling him who he is. Thanks is a powerful thing. See, Pat, it's, Bishop, a, it's, a, it's a mighty thing. Can I tell you a story before we let the, the viewers go? Absolutely. Please look in that camera. I'm going to put you on the screen by yourself. This is your time. Open your heart. Take as long as you want. It's time to speak into us right now. All right. You listen to this. A young boy during the season of Christmas when he was just a little kid, his daddy bought him a brand new bicycle because his old bike was held together with tape. His old bike, the seat, 
they had taped it up because it had been all messed up and all kind of things messed up on it. And his daddy bought him a brand new bike. He said, I'm going to take you down to the store and I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to put some, some, you're going to get to dress your little bike up just like you want it now that you got it. On the way to the store with the bike, they saw a little boy out in the street. This little guy that had the new bike saw a little boy out on the street with a little bike broke down and barely rolling. The little boy pulls over and he says, hey, man, I want to give you my bike. He said, man, don't give me your bike. We ride together all the time. Your dad just bought you a brand new bike. Don't give me your bike. Don't do that. He said, you just got that. He says, no, I want you to have it. You still with me, Bishop? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Years go by. Years. And one day, this man rings a doorbell at a house. The gentleman that owns the house opens the door. This man standing there is a giant of a man, and the man looks at him, and he, he's, he's looking at him like shocked. And he says, hey, he says, have you been seeing that house on that hill being built, that new house up there? Mm. And the gentleman said, yeah, we've been admiring it, thinking, man, who built that house? He said, I'm building that house. And he said, they just finished it. He said, do you have the keys to this house? Wow. The gentleman looked at him kind of oddly. He said, yeah. He said, would you go get them? He goes and gets the keys to his little house, walks back to the gentleman standing in the door that just built the multi-million dollar mansion. He reaches out. He says, give me those keys. Mm. The man puts keys in his hand. He says, now hold your hand out. Man holds his hand out. He puts keys in that man's hand. He says, I want to give you my house for your house. My God. The gentleman stands there and says, no, no way. He said, you don't remember me. Mm. And the gentleman says, I know exactly who you are. He said, no, you don't remember when I was seven years old, I lived in your parents' neighborhood in, in Lansing, Michigan, and you gave me your brand new bike when you saw me on my little tore up bike. My God. You gave me your bike and, and I, and, and, and I, you asked me to give you my old broke down bike. And he said, today I've come back to thank you <laughs> and to give you my house for your house. And you know who that gentleman was that did that? Who? Irving Magic Johnson. What? And Magic Johnson said, the greatest key to his multi-million dollar success in life as a businessman has come from one thing, My God. being thankful. Woo. 
Magic Johnson. We've so got to learn how to be thankful. So when he looked at him and said, oh, I know who you are. He knew who he was because of who he was right then. That's right. He, the he had forgotten the boy. He didn't know that the little boy he traded bikes with at Christmas. Was Magic Johnson. Was, was Irving Johnson. That is unreal. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. People, do you understand the power of a thankful heart? This is, like yeah. you said, one of the most successful businessmen and athletes in the history of our generation. That's and he right. doesn't equate his success to his talent. He equates Good. it to a life of being thankful. Yeah, gratitude. Gratitude. Wow. Wow. I mean, so think about this, and I'm not here to, to talk about, you know, the, the spiritual life of Magic Johnson. I'm talking to the viewers right now. Uh, wherever he's at with God, he's his own man, but you are your own man or your own woman. And the reality is this, uh, maybe you're not, maybe somebody didn't give you a, a multi-million dollar mansion or house, but you've been given keys to the kingdom. God has Absolutely. given you, I mean, whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth should be loosed in heaven. That's greater than any house, than any car. That's greater than fame. You've been yeah. given access. You've been given power to cast out devils, to lay hands upon the sick and see them recover. But yet we sit here, Bishop, in this day and time, and we are so spoiled. You, what you've said so many times on this program, I want to go back to one more time, and that is this, the thing that we're complaining about. People around the world are praying that they would just at least, they'd love to have your problems. They'd love to have your yeah. struggles, that you call it that. Uh, but but the reality is this, we're still, we are who we are. We, we, we live the life that we've been given. And, and as we get close to the end of this program, Bishop, there are, there are people that are hurting. There are people that are struggling. We're in difficult times right now. There, you know, yep. at the time of this recording, inflation is going through the roof. I mean, it's, you know, as we get ready to have Thanksgiving dinner this week, it's more expensive than we've known in many, many years in our life. Uh, yeah. You know, people are losing their jobs. As you yeah. and I in the ministry, you see it more than I do. You're as you tour this country, as you go around, you're you're passing churches that's closed down. You're you're knowing pastors that are quitting and walking away. And you know, here's the thing, Bishop, and I'm gonna try to do this without crying because I cry every time I think about it. But the way you and I got connected, the way I finally had said, you know what, I can't just follow him from afar. I've got to connect myself to this man is when you sit on your back porch in that rocking chair and begin to cry out of your spirit, man, the struggles and the pressures that are put on pastors because at that moment you are reacting to another pastor of a, what looked like a successful church that somehow, some way, some shape, not trying to judge him or his life, was not able to see through the stress and the pain and be thankful for that moment, and he ended his own life. And he ended yeah. his own life. And it so struck you that you just said, look, I, I can't hold this in anymore. I've got to speak it out. And, uh, and, and it so moved me. We connected. But I got a feeling, Bishop, that, you know, there's other pastors that, I hate to say it, have thought things like that, have thought, have thought sure. things like, you know, my family would be better off without me. My church would grow if I just got out of the way. I, I just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to give up. And, and one of the things that I that I know is, you know, you know I, who I am to pastors. I pastor pastors. You pastor pastors. And in our heart, in this phase of our life, is a time of legacy where we're trying to help pastors get through this moment. 
And um, yeah. so can we take just a few minutes and speak to those that maybe they're not pastors, maybe they are, maybe, but they're ministers, they're in ministry, but they're just so frustrated. And the, and the pressures of this life seem like, I'm going to be honest with you, Bishop, I hear you. I know I'm blessed. I know I'm blessed compared to other countries, but it's hard for me right now to just be live a life of thankfulness. I feel like I'm in that belly that well, and I don't know if I've got the strength to give him praise. Can we take just a few minutes to speak into their lives, encouragement, to keep them in the game because we need them to stay Absolutely. in the game? Uh, let me say this, Bishop. Uh, the most influential voice you will ever hear in your life is your own. The most influential voice you will ever hear in your life is your own. I encourage preachers when they start getting to a place of depression or they get a place of, of just giving up or quitting. You know what I encourage preachers to do? Come on. Go back and listen to your sermons. Wow. Go listen to what you told your people to do when they were in your position. Go remind yourself of the sermons you preached about hope, about faith, about breaking out, about a breakthrough, about making it, about God will turn it around, about all things work together for good, about no weapon formed against you, mm. about if God be for you, who can be against you. Go find the sermons, not T.D. Jakes, not Rod Parsi, not Say Clint it. Brown, not Bishop Larry Raglan. Go listen to yourself because watch this. People talk themselves into a place of suicide and depression. Wow. So if you can talk yourself into it, go listen to your sermons and let yourself talk you out of it. Say it, Bishop. And I encourage you because I guarantee you, you preach through the years. God's going to make a way. Right. He's a way maker. I guarantee you, you preached a message about the chains falling off of Paul and Silas. I guarantee you, you preached a message about Job saying, when it's all over, you're going to get double for your trouble. Mm. I guarantee you, you preached messages about, hey, Simon Peter, I prayed for you. You're going to get the sifting, but I'm praying that your faith will not fail you. I guarantee you, you preached about the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. I guarantee you, you preached about Daniel in the lion's den. I guarantee you, you preached about Joseph going to the pit, the prison, and then the palace. Mm. Go listen to your sermons and let your voice talk you out of what your voice has talked you into. My God, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, every word that Bishop just said, we seal it right now in your yes, name. God. We pray for them. We encourage them right now. If there's anybody watching this show that doesn't know you as Savior, that, that they've yes, stayed God. this far, the Holy Spirit is pulling them to the cross. Lord, show them to give their life to you tonight. We pray for deliverance. We pray for healing, and we pray for peace of mind. Just yes, Go God. back, go back. I keep hearing, Bishop, I keep hearing the Lord speak to me Go full circle. I'm taking you full circle. And what you're saying is just confirmation to me in my life. God told me a few several months ago, go back and get your old Bibles out and start reading the notes that you put in your Bible in the early years of ministry and remind yourself of the things you said to God and the things that God said to you. I'm so glad you said that. And that is so God. Listen, when David played crazy, remember that? Yes. When David got to a place where he thought it's over for me. He landed in a house and he didn't even know this. The old man where he was, 
came out late one night with something in his hands. Mm. What it was, Bishop? Come on. He said, look, David, the sword of Goliath. <laughs> he said, you want to quit? You don't remember this? You don't remember this? Oh, my God. Full circle. My God, full circle. This was God's first public triumph for you. First victory where everybody can see that you're the man God put his hand on. Don't give up now. Here, take this sword and let it remind you of what God is capable of doing. My God. Well, Bishop, this I tell you what, I, I could go on and talk to you for two hours, man. We are having too much fun here. This is amazing. And 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 I close by saying the word thankful, as we have established on this program, is a key. And it is it is a key that unlocks the gates of your problem, but also access to the kingdom. Yeah. And, and you have openly said to us right now that we don't need to wait. Like Jonah, we need to give him thanks right now. Now. Now thanks, because now thanks will move God. Bishop, thank you for being on the big picture. And I love and I, you. I love you, sir. And I'm thankful beyond words to be connected to you and to be covered by you. And uh, I'm coming down there in January in, in Orlando to see you. So I can't wait to see you, but I'm, I'm going to hopefully see you before then. But I love you. Bring I love your Pastor Bible. Ken. You're going to have to preach. I'll do it. I'll be, that'll be the greatest honor of my life. Pastor right. Kendall, please pass my love on to your beautiful family and everybody down there at my Judah family as well. And get out there and show the world southbound. And if you and listen, we'll have all the links down below how you can go directly to their website, buy all of their albums, go to Judah, have all them links down there. Thank you one more time, Bishop, for being a part of the big picture. I love you. God bless. Love you too. God bless. And I want to thank everybody that's on here right now that's watched us. This has been one of the most tremendous programs. And it is not just a Thanksgiving week sermon. This is a message and a show that people will look back on for uh, many years to come that will teach us the power of Thanksgiving. I'm excited. We'll see you next time on The Big Picture, where we always remind you, we are not woke, but we are certainly awake. See you next time. <laughs>